the uh, Westminster Catechism tells us our basic purpose as uh, humans made in the image of God, specifically to believers, to glorify God and to enjoy Him forever. So we talked about why do we glorify God for a little bit and then, but we talked about, well, how do we glorify God? How do we put, like, uh, that phrase, glorify God in the action? And so, uh, we've been discussing a couple of different points. The last time we talked about, we glorify God by confessing our sins and the example of Joshua confronting Achan over his disobedience when Israel was conquering the land of Canaan and Achan was encouraged to give glory to God by confessing his sin and uh, just to review that, to confess means to admit our guilt, our wrongdoing. God knows what we've done, but we show glory to God that He's holy and just when we admit our sin and accept the consequences for it which could be a temporal discipline or more permanent judgment. As in the case of Achan, he lost his life. Now, on your sheet, um, point number four is uh, we glorify God by believing God and His Word. This seems so basic, but you know, a lot of times, if we're honest, we don't believe God. We live in unbelief. We don't believe His Word to be true and faithful, inerrant and infallible. And therefore, we live in unbelief and fear. So uh, let's look at Romans chapter 4, verse 20. If somebody could read that. I know. You have to bring your Bibles. I like Karen. She has a good reading voice. Wow. Chapter 4, verse what? 20. <clears throat> he did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God, 
and being fully convinced that he that what he had promised he was also able to perform. Okay. So what was Abraham promised? A son and a, and a huge line of descendants. And uh, so why does it say he did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief? He took God at his word. God said it? Okay. Well, why was that what seemed to be a difficult decision? How old was Abraham? Well, that's true. He was way past when people normally had kids. He was 100 years old. What, almost his age? No, no. Almost as old as me. Okay. No. Well, I'm 72. I can't imagine having children at this age. Um, yeah, well. I mean, I know it's supposed, it's supposed to be possible. But. Supposedly possible. But. Abraham was old, his wife was old, we're assuming it seems that she was past the age of menopause. I thought she was 90. Yeah, so, but the scripture here says Abraham didn't waver in unbelief. He believed God's promise. Now, he did stumble by the fact that he thought God's promise, well, let's take a side road in plan B. And now I can have a son through the Hagar. But that wasn't God's promise. It was through not the slave woman, but the free woman. So it says here, um, he was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God, being fully convinced what he had promised. Do you have a sheet? You might not have been here. Um, it's a basic yep. sheet. We're on D. Yeah. Oh, cool. No, yeah. 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 Um, okay. uh, so, we believe God by believing His Word. There are hundreds of examples in Scripture where the saints believe God and his promises. And there are examples where they didn't believe God. But the basic point here is it's glorifying to God. How do we glorify God? Simply by believing him. Now, the question is for us, do we do that well? Or do we often disbelieve him and live in fear and unbelief? 
Sometimes I come to God last instead of first. That's bad. That's true. Yeah. Well, I think that also part of it is when you look at the circumstances, sometimes truths in you, which you do intensely, every friend is doing that on a regular basis, everything is terrifying at this point. Everything. And when I try to talk to that person about that we all have fears, we all have anxieties and doubts, but we have to trust God. I say, why are you indifferent? And it just makes the person very angry. And I said, I can show you the Bible, Old Testament, <laughs> Christians I've known who died, and were, fear is one thing, but terror is another. So that's not trusting God. So that's what it is, is we look at the circumstances, but then we look to Jesus first. And the two is to say, I believe God and not the world. It's hard. I know it's hard, but that's what we're supposed to do. So that's a good point, Rod. We believe the world a lot of times. Yeah. Science says this. Yeah. Science says the world was created 20 billion years ago. Boom. Right. Yeah. We, we tend to believe the world and human reason and philosophy modern medicine, whatever, and not God and his work. So we don't bring glory to God. In effect, we're calling God and his word a pack of lies. Hmm. Think about that. So uh, hmm. think about underlying root of sin. So we uh, we exhibit that unbelief sometimes in action, sometimes in speech. Sometimes it's talking about a particular person, sometimes in attitude, but it um, it's trusting something else more than God. Well in this case fear is something more. But but um, it's an attitude that betrays an underlying unbelief. But we do that every time we sin. Right. We think, well, I want this, and I think this is better for me, rather than just taking God at His word. Yeah, or we, we think, well, why should I pray about it? You know, I'll just go work on Sundays or something. You know, whatever. We, uh, we become self-reliant many times, and unbelief is one of those heart issues like pride and ego and things that fuel our actions and speech. Um, you can think of other examples like God says to Noah, Noah, build an ark. So, yeah, what's an ark, right? But, well, I know he was teased a lot for it as he built it until it rained, and then they're all banging on the ark saying, what is it? Yeah. Um, it took him 120 years. Okay. Now, that's a lot of time to be building something. It's a lot of lumber and stuff and preparations. And... Hmm. and, and uh, 
I was wondering if they were babies because it says God opened the door and they went in like probably a huge camels and all that. So I was wondering if God maybe put Look like up, uh, younger puppies or something in. We watched the answers in Genesis. And they, uh -huh. actually, they actually addressed that. They talked about kinds and they talked about young fleeting animals that were barely able to move or just were mm -hmm. starting. Mm -hmm. And they said that we're also smaller. So if you look at Answers in Genesis, an excellent resource. They've got real scientists that work their PhDs, master's level, who are Christians, and they address all of that through the research they've done. So Okay, so the point is okay. Noah brings glory to God by believing what God it had not rained before that. So what God is saying is a very strange circumstance. Um, Daniel believed God that the scriptures said, the prophet said, Israel would be released from captivity in 70 years. So Daniel prays about that to, you know, claim that promise. So that's just this great point of we, we glorify God by confessing sin, by aiming our life at God's glory. Come on in. Hello. Oh, hello. Oh, how famous she is. Matthew and his family. Hello, Matthew and his Baby's name again. Here. What's that? Esther. Esther. For such a time as this, she's come to the kingdom. Okay. Well, Matt, we're studying uh, <laughs> why glorify God. That's our purpose. And some practical ways that we do glorify God. So we're just talking about point D. We glorify God by Believing his promises and his word. Uh, we don't glorify God when we live in unbelief. So uh, let's move on to one more point today. Uh, point E we glorify God by bearing fruit. Um, John 15, 8 is a scripture reference. If somebody has that. Matt, I didn't write this. I was going to ask about that. John MacArthur preached this when I was a student. I took detailed notes. That's like 45 years ago. Wow, 25 years? 45. 45. Yeah. 
What's that? John 15 8. John 15 8, yes. Well, I've been teaching this for a couple weeks. I just see that uh, that scripture is there. So John 15, 8 says, By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciple. Okay. Pretty clear statement. We bring glory to God when we bear fruit for His purpose and His kingdom. The whole chapter there, Jesus says, I'm the vine. Your branches connected to the vine. Hello, guys. It's good to see you again. Uh, if you need a chair, uh, that's great. We got some extra chairs okay. out in the balcony. So, uh, <laughs> we bear fruit as Christians when we are connected to the vine. Who is? Who's the vine? Jesus. Jesus. We're united to Christ. That's how we bear fruit. That's our strength. It's not when we try to do it on our own strength. Now he says, the branch that doesn't bear fruit gets pruned. God has to deal with that. But the branch that bears fruit brings glory to God. Now, you know, some Christians seem to bear a lot of fruit in their lives. We can think of People who have done great things. Whitfield, Hudson Taylor, Judson, William Carey, you know, Wesley. Wesley, yes. Other Christians seem to be like somebody called up. Like raising Christians are seem to be dried up little pieces of fruit out in the sun. Don't seem to do much. Listen, Jesus is clear in these verses. Stay connected to me and you'll bear fruit for my kingdom. Now that doesn't mean we're all great preachers or theologians. Now, a mother trains her children, runs her household, can bear great fruit for God's kingdom. Again, Susanna Wesley, her effect on her children, bore much fruit. 
modern man might scoff at that, but God doesn't. So, you know, you can bear fruit by doing even the smallest things for God's kingdom, for God's glory. But now, this raises the question, what does the scripture mean by bearing fruit? If I say to you, Mark, go out and bear fruit for the kingdom. What does that mean? Well, there's a couple of, of senses. Uh, there's the fruit of the Spirit, and character traits that the Holy Spirit brings out in us. But there's also fruit of uh, evangelism and discipleship, making disciples. Okay, so, yes, let's look at a couple scriptural passages. Um, how's our time? Um, five minutes. Okay. Uh, let's start with that one you said Galatians 5 22 and 23 when we know this the fruit of the spirit is what love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithful, gentleness, self-control okay we bear fruit for the kingdom by bearing the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit, by the way, is God-like behavior. It's Christ-like behavior. The Spirit doesn't have a different agenda than the Father and the Son. When we're loving, patient, kind, good, all those aspects, that's what Christ was like. So, if we're Christ-like, we're bearing fruit. Just to remind you, that's one fruit with nine segments. The Holy Spirit, like an orange, wants to produce in us all nine segments. You said something really interesting. It's a little bit off, but it's tangentially connected. The Spirit does not have a different agenda than the rest of the Trinity. I've said that to some charismatic friends of mine that get really angry. And they say, well, the Spirit's working differently today. And I said, differently than the rest of the Trinity or the Scriptures. <laughs> You're, separate, you're, you're making God schizophrenic. So, I mean, what you said is just so profound that it's true. Yeah. So, now, that fruit of the Spirit is not just an attitude, but it's active. You actively love God and people. You don't move away from God or people. You know, indifference and apathy is not love. Matthew, your dear wife is here. If you say you love your wife, you move toward her. You love her. It's not just mere words, is it? It's an active uh, role. 
as a husband. If I say I'm a loving Christian, I'm moving toward God and toward my neighbor. It's not moving away. It's not apathy. So, the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. When we do those things, we're glorifying God. And we're bearing fruit for His kingdom. Um, we're about out of time. Think about what this would mean in our practical lives. Our witness before the world. If we practiced love, kindness, gentleness, goodness, think about it. Instead of going the opposite way. You know, the opposite of love, the extreme opposite is hatred. But you know, again, apathy, I don't care about that person. Indifference isn't love. That's not how God acted. God so loves the world that he moved to toward the world in love. So, let's stop there. We bear fruit, but bearing the fruit of the Spirit. And we'll look at some of the other points. We bear fruit by evangelism, winning souls, by our giving, and other things. So, let's stop there and get ready for worship. Can somebody pray for us? <laughs>